0: Bring me your readiness. Bring me your fully formed anticipation. Bring me your prepared heart, forged in the holy night of waiting. In Matthew 25, we find the only mention of the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. It's a doozy. It's one that I've sent me on a journey for months now, I'll be honest. What is it saying? Why did Jesus tell this story? Ten bridesmaids, one of the few stories that keep women as the focus in a parable. Ten as a number of wholeness, but five are wise and five are foolish. The parable itches and scratches, I'll be honest. Why don't the women share their oil? Do only the ones who are prepared get to enter? What kind of bridegroom shuts people out? For me, it's a story of preparation, a story of participation, and a story of imagination. To me, this parable asks the question, how do we come to the long night of waiting? How do we stand before the wedding feast starts? How do we believe while the crib is empty? How do we prepare and stand and believe, even before the funds come in, the deal is signed or the foundation is laid? How do we wait before the day of freedom arrives? There's a refrain in the South African movie, Serafina, that echoes in my soul. The main character, Leleti Kumalo, she sings, um, she's a student in the township during the time of apartheid, and she sings this song, freedom is coming, prepare for your freedom. I was born in South Africa, about an hour outside of Cape Town in a beautiful town called Pearl. I was born during the height of apartheid, a system that segregated people based on the color of our skin. I was born on the white side of the hospital, I lived in an all-white neighborhood, and I went to an all-white school. I was born 10 years after Nelson Mandela was sent to jail, labeled a terrorist. I was in grade 12 when he was released, this time, a hero. Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in jail, most of those on Robben Island. Freedom is coming, prepare for your freedom, Several years ago, my Canadian husband and I took a trip—a boat trip to Robben Island. It was a stormy day in September in Cape Town, and I was pregnant with our second daughter, just pregnant. Not the best combination of circumstances for being on a boat. <laughs> but I knew I had to make that journey. As soon as I set feet on the soil, I began to weep. I could barely whisper through the tears and the heaviness, but it was all I could do. Father, forgive us. Forgive us, O Lord. My feet were heavy with the burden of apartheid, the suffering of so many people. It's my Afrikaner people who implemented apartheid. The same grandmother who taught me to faithfully pray also had a picture of the architect of Apartheid hanging on her living room wall. I got to stand that day in the small cell that was Mandela's night of waiting for more than two decades. It struck me how small his cell was. Such a small place for such a great hope of a man. Can we go stand in that prison cell together for a moment? We have to take turns, only two at a time. It's small, cold and bare, stripped of any color, some hospital green on the walls. Nothing to inspire in in this space. Nothing to speak hope or freedom. Only one small window. What is our small, confined, seemingly hopeless place? What is our long night of waiting? Can we go stand there? Can we plant our feet in that small space and imagine the kingdom of heaven is coming? From this small, confined place, do we dare imagine a world we long for? In the place of the impossible, we dare stand in audacious hope? Can we stand with our light even while it is yet night? I think we get a glimpse here of the the kind of audacious waiting Jesus asks us to do. Justice and equality in our world, come Lord Jesus come. 1.5 1.5 million black men in the United States missing from society? Give me oil in my lamp, O oh Lord. I believe. Xenophobia in South Africa? Come, Lord Jesus, come. One in every 10 people trafficked in Moldova? I believe, Lord. Help my unbelief. The average person spends five years waiting in a lineup, but how long are we willing to wait for justice? On April 27, 1994, I stood in one of the longest lineups of my life, but it was the best kind of waiting. It was the day of the first free and democratic elections in South Africa. The euphoria was palpable, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of justice and peace was in the air, and oh, the sounds of freedom. The people had been waiting, holding out their lamps. The people had been waiting, bringing their oil of resistance and their oil of hope. The people had been waiting for this day of the great feast to finally arrive. But what if we're not pregnant with this justice? With this, why are, if we, what if we're not aching, groaning for a day of freedom? In the story of the 10 bridesmaids, the door is shut in the face of the foolish virgins. They didn't honor the day of the great coming with their preparation, so they get shut out. Kenneth Bailey, in his book, Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes says that that word no is not an answer, but instead it is a pause in the negotiations. The door is closed, or is it? We are still and ever waiting for the bridegroom to come. We're still and ever waiting for the kingdom of heaven to come. Growing up on the wrong side of justice, I didn't get to share in the full feast of freedom. But it is not the end of my story. For 15 years after that election day, I ached. I longed. I wanted to be reunited. I longed for inclusion. I wanted to be part of the feast of freedom then in 2010, I set foot in Kenya. This white daughter of apartheid was invited back into my beloved continent. And after 15 years, that door to the wedding's feast swung wide open. And I belonged, I entered, and I feasted, and I have feasted since. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. How beautiful is this kingdom that comes and comes and is coming. What an honor that I get to come to the waiting, now yearning to bring light to the places where there is still oppression, places where we can whisper this hope. Freedom is coming. The kingdom of God is coming. The bridegroom is on his way. It may be night in many places in our world, but I tell you, I don't want to miss out again. I've got oil. That's how I want my Jesus to find me, with my lamp and my oil of hope. Proclaiming that injustice does not last, inequality does not last, night does not last, walls come down, laws change, governments are turned over, and hearts are transformed. I can now stand in that ridiculous hope that on the other side of darkness, light is coming. I can now stand in the extravagant faith that on the other side of the injustice and the waiting, justice will break forth. I can now stand in the hope that on this side, in the waiting, the not knowing, the injustice, the fragmented bits, the wasted bits, the corrupted bits, the shamed limbs, the ravaged bodies, the lies of white supremacy, the greed and economic injustice, my own participation and perpetuation in this current darkness. Freedom is coming. Light is coming. Night will end and day will dawn. The bridegroom is coming. Are we prepared? Fill me with oil, Lord. Fill me and fill me and fill me. Fill us, oh Lord. Amen.